Welcome to the Still Study Podcast here on this wonderful Saturday, October 16th, 2021. This is episode number 25, and I am your host, Jeremy Ritz. Just want to express my gratitude to you, my appreciation to you for joining me for another episode. As we roll along here, one quarter of the way episode number 100 seems like a far distance away but I'm just extremely grateful for all of you supporting me and the still study as we get to episode 25 here today want to thank you for listening to the study sessions weekly for being a reader of the still study for sharing my work with your family and friends it does mean the world to me it helps me grow the site to develop more content. So props to you for that. I would love to connect with you via email. Please drop me a line at thestillstudy@gmail.com, at gmail.com and also give me a follow on Twitter at stillstudy. Up today on the site too is the third edition of the study session Steelers Saturday mailbag where I attack your questions that you've sent to me. So if you send in your question, we will get it on the show. So much love to you for that. And in case you didn't know, I also do a podcast with the Jim Wexel, who has covered the Pittsburgh Steelers since 1995. That is called the Steelers Insider Podcast. And that is available through Jim's site, the Steel City Insider, which is on CBS Sports website. There is a link in the show notes for you to check that out. But for those of you not familiar with Jim's work, he is insightful. He's a veteran. The stories that he has are just amazing. So I highly encourage you to check that out. And here we go. Episode 25 of the SSP. And another big week for the Pittsburgh Steelers because they are going to be taking on the Seattle Seahawks Sunday night. It's the first primetime game for the Steelers under the lights. And it's an opportunity for them to build some momentum. The team started the season one and three. There was a lot of frustration, a lot of anger directed at Ben Roethlisberger directed at that offensive line. Frustration that kept mounting and building due to the injuries that seemingly took place every quarter of every game. Injuries for the defense and particularly in the groin region. Seems like no matter what happened you could count on a groin injury in those first four games. And even last week, Devin Bush against the Broncos injured his groin as well. But the Steelers got off the schneid last week against the Broncos, built some positivity, some momentum with a 27-19 victory over an AFC opponent And for the past week, life has been good in Steelers Nation. 
And there has been some optimism, some promise, some encouragement, and a feeling that maybe this isn't a lost season. Najee Harris had his first game rushing for over 100 yards. And largely, that was due in part to the play of the offensive line. And if you've gone back to watch that game, the replay of it, you could just see the push the O-line got against Denver, knocking the defenders back and creating lanes for Harris to exploit. Ben Roethlisberger didn't throw over 40 times, which was a win. He threw under 30 times and he was efficient. Not to say that he played without error because there were two balls that could have been intercepted. But he did connect on another deep pass to Deontay Johnson in the first quarter for a 50-yard TD and also hit Claypool for an 18-yard TD. And of all places, over the middle of the field in the end zone. So we saw promising things there. And the defense, on the defensive side of the ball for the first three quarters, the Steelers looked legit on D. And then in the fourth quarter, for whatever reason, whether it was schematics and the type of defense they were playing, they gave up a lot of points, let Denver back in the game, and there was some worry and concern until James Pierre was able to seal the deal with an interception. And now, Sunday night, the Steelers have an opportunity to make it two in a row against a Seattle Seahawks team that is damaged. And on many fronts. First, Russell Wilson, the all-pro quarterback, is going to be out for six to eight weeks. He has an injury to his finger on his throwing hand. He's had surgery. He will not play, and starting in his place will be Geno Smith of WVU fame, of New York Jets, not so much fame, and the gap in talent level between Wilson and Smith is apparent. Factor in injuries to Seattle's running backs and a poor offensive line. And this should be a good matchup for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the one area of concern are the wide receivers for Seattle, specifically DK Metcalf, who is just a freak. He's massive, but oh yeah, he also has elite speed. And you could be certain that the Seahawks are going to try to test the Steelers' corners deep. James Pierre, I hope you're paying attention. They're going to come at you. That's guaranteed. They're going to try to exploit the Steelers' defense with the long ball. Tyler Lockett is a good receiver as well. But it's all going to come down to how well that Seattle offensive line can protect. Defensively for the Seahawks, it is a terrible unit. It's ranked 32nd in the league 
given up over 140 yards rushing per game, over 300 yards passing per game. And this defense could set records for being historically one of the worst ever in the NFL. And so if ever there was an opportunity for the Steelers to sustain offensive momentum and to have success and to capitalize and build upon what occurred at Heinz Field last week against the Denver Broncos, this is it. This could be that game where Najee Harris goes off for a buck 50, buck 75, dare I say 200. And really builds and generates confidence in that Steelers running game. That offensive line will build confidence. And that permeates a team. They call it a team for a reason. It is a symbiotic relationship. Players feed off of each other. Success breeds success. So there's an opportunity there. There's going to be opportunities in the passing game and I know that Juju Smith-Schuster was lost this past weekend, and that's unfortunate. That guy has a heart as big as Heinz Field. He's going to be missed, but it's also an opportunity for players like James Washington, should he be healthy, to step up and elevate his game. And there's going to be opportunities. And I think we could count on one thing, and that's, Washington going deep at least one play this weekend. And I wouldn't be surprised if they open up with just a an absolute bomb, a post to kick things off. And here's how I see things playing out. And I've had this feeling all week, and typically I get, get a feeling like this maybe once a year. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I, I get this feeling every like probably once a year where it feels that everything is going to fall into place for the Steelers and this is going to be a convincing win for them. And it should be. It should be. On paper, it should be. Now, we, we know the history of the Tomlin special, the propensity to drop a game they should win following a big win. So they have to be on guard against that. I'm sure that they're talking about that this week. But I see the Steelers really coming together, clicking on all cylinders. I foresee a big game from Harris extending beyond what he put up last week. I see Roethlisberger not needing to throw 30 times, having another efficient game. I see Pat Freyermuth being more involved. I can envision this defense exploiting a poor offensive line, shutting down a wounded running game. And again, the biggest concern there on offense is stopping their wide receivers. But at the end of the day, Heinz Field, Sunday night, prime time, the Steelers wanting to build momentum They're going to get it done. And it's going to be a convincing victory. It's going to be one of those games where you don't have to sweat the entire game. 
and worry if they're going to be able to pull it out. They're going to establish an early lead. They're going to pin their ears back on defense and come after Smith. And it will be an enjoyable game for Steelers Nation to the tune of 33-16. And your Pittsburgh Steelers move to 503-3. And that, that means a lot because... They have their bye week the following week. So they're going to carry the positive momentum of two wins into the bye week. Time for them to get healthy. Time for them to regroup. Time for them to self-scout and look at those errors that have occurred in those three losses. And scheme to fix those things. It's going to give more time for players to get healthy and to get back onto the field. It's going to give more time for the Steelers to develop a game plan to take on the Cleveland Browns, who they will face following their bye week on of all days Halloween in Cleveland. So this game carries a lot of significance for the Steelers this weekend. I'm calling it a must win if this team wants to stay in the battle for the postseason. And if they win, it's going to generate and build momentum and set them up for a meaningful contest against the Browns on October 31st. So there you have it, my prediction for this weekend, 33-16. Pittsburgh gets the W, 3-3, heading into the bye week. And we can start to feel somewhat, somewhat, not getting overconfident here, somewhat encouraged about the possibilities and opportunities of this team moving forward. So there you have it, my prediction for this weekend. A big win for the Steelers. I hate to use the B word, but I'll do it anyway. Blowout win. And then regrouping, reconfiguring, bye week. Let's go couple of other items I wanted to talk about today here on this edition of the Still Study Podcast that I'm going to get to here in a minute. But I just want to, again, take a moment to remind you, please drop me a line. Would love to get your question on the show. You can connect with me in two ways. Dropping me an email at thestillstudy at gmail.com and also giving me a follow on Twitter at stillstudy. Again, share any comments, concerns, questions you have. We'll get them on the show. Would love to have it. Feedback on how to improve the site or articles that you'd like to see. And then I'd also like to make a quick plug to please share my work with your family and friends. That helps me spread the message of the Still Study, helps me expand the site. I want the site to continue to grow so that I could deliver more content to you. And then finally, if you haven't done so yet, Please check out the podcast that I do with Jim Wexel over on the Still City Insider. We record every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m., publish around 6 or 6.15 a.m. Check that out. Jim's a super insightful guy. He's been covering the Steelers since 1995, but wanted to make sure I got those plugs in there. But a few other things I wanted to talk about here today to wrap up this edition of the podcast Earlier this week, we heard that 
Najee Harris was going to be com- connecting with Jerome Bettis and that Najee reached out to the bus to say, hey, I want to watch film with you, which really speaks to the character of this young man and that he wants to learn from a Steelers great. And it shows that he has a willingness, a determination, a dedication to improving and growing his craft and being the best running back that he could be. There was a picture that was tweeted out, I believe it was on Instagram as well, of the bus and Najee together. And the bus said earlier this week that Harris has the potential to be even better than he was, which is high praise from a Hall of Fame legendary running back. And the reason why I bring it up is because it really does speak to the humility of Najee Harris. The fact that he is proactively on his own contacting Bettis, asking him to sit down with him so that he can learn from his game, watch film with the bus, to learn about how he diagnosed a defense or chose his running lanes. It just shows his commitment to getting better, to growth, and to being a Pittsburgh Steeler. And outside of the production that he had last week and that what he's shown in those first few games, he has the potential to be a great Steeler because he's not satisfied. He's not going to be complacent. And so if there's anything that Steelers fans should take away from that is Najee Harris has the potential to be a great running back. And not just because of what he does on the field, but because of the commitment to his preparation and his willingness to learn and listen be coached and to grow in his game. So again, super cool story. Love to see that. Love the support that's been coming Najee's way from these veteran, retired, legendary Steelers running backs. Two other things I wanted to hit on. A lot of talk about what's going to happen at the quarterback position at the end of the season. The last few weeks prior to the Denver Bronco Broncos game, everybody had dirt being thrown on Ben that this, in fact, is his last season, and more than likely it probably is. And then there was a report that came out earlier this week that Jay Glazer, reporter who was very tight with Mike Tomlin, had indicated that the Steelers and Tomlin want a veteran to lead this team once Ben does retire. And so that generated a lot of speculation connected to the link between Tomlin and Aaron Rodgers. And then I also started thinking too, there's there's the disgruntled Russell Wilson. It's ironic that the Steelers are playing the Seahawks this weekend, but Russell Wilson apparently once out of Seattle The same with Rodgers wanting out of Green Bay. The cast in Pittsburgh is built 
it appears or it's trending that way is built to compete for a championship. And with the cap space that the Steelers are going to have next season, maybe it isn't absurd or ridiculous to envision the team pursuing one of these gentlemen. Now, it doesn't, it's not super likely, but you would think that there would be some inquiry, inquiry, investigation to look into see what the actual possibility is that it could happen. Rodgers I'd be a bit concerned about because he is on the, I don't want to say ugly side of 30, uh, but he's on the not-so-nice side of 30. I think Wilson, and just in terms of age and what's remaining there, would probably be the more attractive candidate, but something to consider as time moves forward here. And then wrapping up, looking at the schedule, looking forward. Again, things change during the season. Injuries impact teams or teams don't play up to the level that they were expected to at the beginning of the season. And we know that Mike Tomlin has never had a team that has finished worse than 8-8. Eight and eight. Now, this year with the 17-game schedule, the equivalent of that would be an 8-9 and nine or a 9-8 season. And the reason why I bring that up is because, now, I know they played poorly during that three-game stretch, and by no way, shape, or form do I feel like this team has turned a corner, and now they're going to make this big push for the postseason and just start bonking teams. I don't see that occurring. But I will say this. I don't believe this team will finish any worse than 8-9 and nine and nine and eight. And the reason why is because history says it's so. Tomlin's teams continue to play for him regardless of the situation. And even if this team regresses and has a bad week, they're going to continue to fight. And I just don't see them falling below that mark. I know they're in that three-game losing streak I was questioning things and was thinking, man, can this team win six games? But as things start to coalesce and come together, I don't think they will finish any worse than eight, eight and nine, nine and eight. Now, is that going to be good enough for the postseason? No. But it's decent. And that will sustain Tomlin's streak of never having a team win less than eight games in a year. And then the last thing that I want to hit on today, I want to bring back the history nugget. If you remember back to the early days of the still study, shout out to Andrew the Mule Malcasian, who used to be my partner in crime on this show. He and I will be recording at some point soon, he'll be back on here. I actually saw Andrew this week. Andrew, if you're listening, shout out to you. But Andrew used to drop a weekly history bomb, history nugget that was super insightful and entertaining. 
very enjoyable. And so every once in a while, I'll take my swing at it, and I've got one for you today. So back in 1983, and this was a story in the United Press International. There was a quarterback who checked into a Louisiana hospital to undergo elbow surgery. And as was a common practice at the time, celebrities or big name football players or athletes would be enrolled or administered into a hospital under a fake name. And this individual went into the hospital for his elbow surgery under the name Thomas Brady. This individual would get this elbow surgery and would go on to play that season, would not finish the season, and unfortunately that would end up being his final season with your Pittsburgh Steelers. The player, which I'm sure you have already inferred by now, who went into the hospital for his elbow surgery under the name Thomas Brady is none other than your very own four-time Super Bowl winner, Terry Bradshaw. Who knows, maybe there was some cosmic curse that occurred when that name was used that pushed the the luck and the Super Bowl winning infection to the real Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. But it's a pretty crazy story, and that's my history nugget for you for today, Saturday, October 16th. And studians, that is it. That is the conclusion. That is the end. That is the final segment of episode number 25 of the Steel Study Podcast. And I'm so grateful that I had the chance to talk with you today, to be with you, to spend time with you, you beautiful, beautiful Steel Studians. Thank you so much for being supporters of the study, for listening to the sessions, listening to the Still Study podcast, reading the articles. It means the world to me. It truly does. So thank you. I encourage you and invite you and welcome you to please drop me a line via email at thestillstudy at gmail.com. Would love to connect with you. Would also love to hear from you on Twitter. You can connect with me at Still Study. Also, please check out the podcast that I do with Jim Wexel over on his site, The Steel City Insider. Our podcast is The Steelers Insider. We publish every Tuesday around 6 a.m. And let's go get this win, Pittsburgh. Let's move to 500. Let's move to 3-3. Three and three. Head into the bye week. Regroup, recalibrate, reconfigure, and come out swinging and ready to make a playoff push and beat 
the Cleveland Browns. And as we close out here today, want to take a line from the study session and say this. Not everybody is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but you most certainly are. Make it a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy your Saturday. Enjoy your family and friends. Recognize that time is not guaranteed on this earth. Relax, rest up, and let's go get them Sunday night. This is Jeremy Ritz signing out. Episode 25 for the Steel Study Podcast. Peace, everyone.